0: Check, check. I'm checking it one, two. Is this thing actually on? Is this working? Have I got have I got the the podcast recording enabled? Is it going? Oh my. Oh my folks. Hello. 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 Welcome back to the Heine House Gaming and Tech Podcast. It has been a very, very long time and it feels so great to be back here hanging out with you. Thank you for your time today and for being here. Uh, November 2nd, 2020. What a year. Hasn't it been a year, man? You know, at the end of December, I'm going to do kind of a re I, I, at the end of every year, I kind of do a recap episode and talk about the year at hand and what a crazy year we've had. Hasn't it been? Um, I hope you're doing well. Uh, I am doing well. I'm going to give you guys a little update of what's happening. Um, jumping back in the podcast. This is a, um, it's a great reminder, before before we jump into the show, before we talk about some gaming and some tech of the last month, kind of a recap episode here of some of the stuff that's highlighted, just want to take this moment to, you know, again, just first of all, to thank you for your support. Thank you for your positivity or um, your kindness throughout this uh, about a month and a half uh, since my surgery. Well, it's been about a month, actually, actually not even a month, but um, we've been... We've been hanging in there, man. We've been doing some some relaxing. We've been taking a step back and uh, some R and R, you know, some relaxation uh, and recovery, you know, and and that's, that's what it's all about. And again, it's one of those things to where when you you need to be okay to do that at, at, at any time. If you feel like you need to take a step back, and act, this is actually a huge topic. We talk about this. We talk about this a lot. A lot of uh, content creators talk about this. About burnout, talking about burnout. I Not that I have burnout at all. In fact, I don't, but I have in the past, definitely. And uh, I took a year off, in fact, a whole year. But uh, this here, in this situation, it's, it really comes down to, you know, when you have stuff going on in your life and you feel like you need to take a step back, you just take a step back and you do it. Because, uh, you know, the people that care about what you do, the people that follow and support what you do and people who have interest in what you're doing, they'll be there. And that's what you have all told me throughout the years is that, you know, Jay, hey, do what you need to do. We'll be here when you're ready. And that feels good. And I actually take that to heart. I, I do I do believe you. I believe you so much that I don't have any problem taking a step back when I need to. And that's just what I've done, especially in this time when I had surgery on my nose. I mean, this is, the, this is really the first time I've been back on camera uh, since my surgery. Um, and you can see um, it's healing up very nicely. I do have a nice beautiful little battle scar there on my nose that I'll have. And, uh, you know, that, you know, we talked about that, you know, that the surgeon said, hey, you're going to have a little scar on your nose. What's going to be? And you know what? I, I told the, you know, I told the surgeon when, when we went in, I said, hey, man, is there any way you can make me look better? <laughs> right before he, right before he we went in to operate, I go, look, man, can you make me, if you're going to be in there, can you make me look better? And he goes, you know, that's a pretty tall order. That's what he told me he was fantastic. The whole thing was great. Uh, we had, a, we had a, <laughs> you know, no doubt I was nervous. No doubt I was nervous. Um, I've been pretty open about that. I've never really had surgery before. Um, uh, definitely haven't been to anything like this before. So yeah, well, I didn't know what to expect and was kind of nervous about the whole thing, but the whole team was great. Uh, the surgeon was awesome. All the nurses, they were fantastic. Um, they all came in and introduced themselves. Like it was really great. Um, and even though this was kind of a, you know, and 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 probably their eyes a small procedure, you know, on my nose, it was a big deal, you know, because I was thinking, oh, it's cancer, and then I was told that, oh, actually, once they got in there, um, they found out that there was actually a tumor in there, which they they removed the tumor, and um, since then I've had follow up um, um, appointments with the surgeon and come to find out that it is not cancerous and they got all the tumor out. So like, this is really, really big news. And so I've, I've really just been like laying low, trying to recover, not touching my nose, just like letting it heal and, you know, letting the the stitches do their thing and letting it scab, letting it do its stuff. And it's, you know, it's great. It, um, here we are kind of on the tail end. I have a couple more weeks of recovery. He says it'll probably be fully healed in another two weeks. So um, yeah, we're looking, I, I keep looking at my screen over here cause I can see it too. We're, we're very close. You know, we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, but it's tough because I haven't been able to wear a COVID mask uh, at all w- with this. So I've been just at home trying to stream and, and do some small things here and there, um, you know, when I feel up to it. And I've been resting a lot and just recuperating because I want to get back 100%. And I feel like I'm on the way to do that. So I guess just before we get into the show, it's it's been over a month easily since we've talked. And so I just kind of want to give you a breakdown of... Of here we are. Um, surgery went great. Um, here we are. You know, it's it's healing, and, and I'm and I'm getting back to be myself again. So I just thank you all. But it's a good it's a good public service announcement for everyone who's you know if you're dealing with something, even if it's you know something to do with your mental health, uh, your your mental well being, just take a step back, man. It's okay. You know, take a step back and relax and do what you need to do and, and recuperate. And sometimes that helps you to get the passion back. Sometimes it helps. To get the buzz back into things, so yeah, don't don't even don't even trip on that. Just take a step back and have a great time. Hi, CJ. My older brother is hanging out. We got updates on that too. Really, really cool stuff to talk about. So yeah, we're gonna just jump right in and talk about some things. Some really cool stuff. I, I'm basically gonna recap like the the last I don't know I guess month month and a half of uh, of the world of gaming and tech, and we'll. Steph, Steph laughs because she's been putting notes in. Yeah, we're gonna play catch up here. Uh, she's been putting notes in, and I, I just kind of went through them all today and kind of pulled a few things. A lot of stuff you've probably already heard about, but I wanted to shed some light on a few of the the highlights that I saw. And then from this podcast forward, we'll we'll try to get it current. You know, we're just we're just running behind it. We're playing catch up. Um, uh, but of course, we're gonna jump right in and thank. All of the amazing support from the patrons right here. Yes. Yeah. That's a certified ding-woo for you, baby. And of course, we want to welcome, we want to thank two brand new patrons as of October. We didn't record in October, so I want to thank you so much, James Schmidt. Thank you, James. Yes, my friend. Jumping in there on that main floor, going for that after party. Good stuff. Uh, The after party this uh, in October was an update. Uh, I actually did that a couple weeks ago. And, um, you know, I wasn't posting any videos, but I did an update, a vlog for patrons, main floor and above. Y'all can get in on that. Check that out. Good stuff. Um, And, of course, welcome to the patron after party on the main floor, Mr. Booze, Booze. Hello. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the support, gents, but of course, shout out to everyone from the ground floor, main floor, the Game Loft. Everyone shout out Brandon, George, Aaron, Luke, Justin, Steve, Rusty, Duke, Andrew, Chris, Tim, Tyler, Sammy, Clive, Ryan, Alice, Chad, Cameron, Percy, Chris, James, Boost, Mike, D-Pud, Pete Dor buried on Mars, Grant Cliff and James. Yeah, you're all getting a shout out today. I just hey, much love to you all. Thank you. Round of applause once again. It's been a while. It feels good to hit that soundboard again. It's been a while. <laughs> uh so, let's jump in. Let's talk about some things uh that's been going on. First a couple little random things. So, IKEA, you guys all know IKEA. I guess they're partnering with Asus. There's an article that came out a few weeks ago. Swedish company IKEA has announced that they're teaming up with Asus, the Republic of Gamers division. They have a division called ROG, Republic of Gamers. It's basically their gaming-centric, gaming-oriented line. They have a division of that where they focus specifically on gaming-type peripherals. They do laptops. They do, I think, mice. They have some devices and things like that, but it's all gaming-centric. So... Ikea and Asus Republic of Gamers, they are getting together. Division to create affordable gaming furniture accessories is what they say. Quote, affordable gaming furniture accessories uh, with a line of around 30 products in total. This is actually pretty cool. The gaming range will be developed by Ikea Product Development Center in Shanghai. Ikea said its designers held workshops with ROG designers along with professional gamers and quote gaming lovers. Why didn't I get the call? Um, to nail down the functionality needed for home gaming furniture. Ikea mentioned it would design and build affordable gaming furniture and accessories, though it didn't say exactly which products it would create. Uh, it seems likely that gaming desks, chairs, maybe um, storage solutions. These are just my guesses. Um, I love Ikea and I do have lots of Ikea and I've had lots of Ikea furniture in the past. Now, what I like about Ikea furniture is that it's cheap, it's affordable and it's, it's of, I would say, good quality. I wouldn't say it's amazing quality. I wouldn't say it's like the bottom of the barrel. But I would say that it is affordable. And I think it's priced right for what it is and the quality you get. Now, you can definitely spend a little bit more money on some of their higher-end stuff. I have a couple of tables. I don't remember the actual model number or the line of what it's called. But I have a couple of tables that I use for my studio uh, that I have my iMac on and also my my streaming and gaming PC area. I have two really nice desks. That I th- I think they were a couple of hundred bucks a piece, something like that. Now they're thicker wood, they're solid wood, they have solid metal legs, they're very, very sturdy. And I don't I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of them, but I do recommend people look into those as opposed to kind of like the plywood stuff that they sell. But hey, it all serves a purpose, right? It all fits a need. So I'm I'm actually excited that. See, here's the thing, because I go to Ikea and I buy tables and desks and things, and I use it for my gaming and my entertainment and my content creation, right? I use it for that stuff in the studio. So if they're going to make something, if they're going to make furniture with Asus that is specifically designed with like the gamer in mind, maybe we'll get... And hey, look, sometimes you can just argue a table is a table, right? Like I get that argument. But I think as long as they're thinking that, hey, this could be catered more towards a streamer or a YouTuber or a content creator or somebody who's in the entertainment or someone who who even just likes to watch like Netflix and hang back and like do something on their computer that have like a, a command center. Like if they're thinking to make furniture that will fit a need for that, I I actually like that. I just hope it doesn't have the stupid Apple tax on top of it. You know what I mean? Like it's really expensive just because of putting Asus raw gaming on it, you know, and don't up at a hundred bucks just because it says Asus. All right. I'd rather just buy the, the old shitty Uh, IKEA brand table. You know what I mean? There's probably gonna have to be a premium on it anyway, but I don't know. I digress. Uh yeah, so that was just some random stuff here. So gaming stuff, Nintendo. This came out, this came out a while ago. Nintendo 35th anniversary, their their Mario 35, 35th Battle Royale game. I know we're all playing it. I know everyone loves it. If you don't know what it is, you need to check it out on your Switch. It's free to play, in fact. If you have an online Nintendo Switch membership. You can download this as free to play. It's great, um, and it had launched since we last spoke. So you need to check this out. But it's a kind of a different take on BR. It's Super Mario Bros. It's the very first Super Mario Bros. And you run around and you just start in the first level, and you play through the game. It has a timer, and then the timer slowly ticks down. But when you kill enemies and get coins, it goes to when you kill enemies, it adds to your time to give you more time to finish the level. And as you just progress, you get more and more time. But as you kill an enemy, it sends that enemy to somebody else who's playing. And there's 35 of you total playing against each other in Battle Royale style. It's pretty fantastic. And what I like about this, and and you've I know you've probably already played it and you've, you've been through it, but what I like about this the most is that it's kind of a slower pace a little bit. You could not that you can take your time and like go really, really slow, but you kind of can pace yourself because you have the timer, you see how long you have, but also you really generate time pretty easily through the game. And I, I really like it, I think it's fun. And you just kind of go through the levels and it randomizes the levels, and you can use power ups when you get coins, it goes to your inventory and you can get power ups, stars, um, fire flower, you know, all those sort of thing, and mushrooms. So, very, very cool, very, very fun. I think. That we watched a Nintendo Direct a couple months ago when they announced it. And I think they said it's a limited time thing. Why would that be limited time? I don't get it. I, I don't understand why they would make that limited time. But I think you have until... I think it's a year. They're going to keep it there for the uh, for a year. They're celebrating Mario's 35th anniversary. Happy birthday, Mario. But very, very cool stuff there. Check it out on your Switch. It's a lot of fun. You want to hear a little news about EA? Stop it. Get some help. Yeah, I know. I don't really want to either. No, I'm just kidding. Origin, this is actually... It started out as like, hey, this is going to be great news. Origin is going under. Origin is going away. So let's cheer for that. Yeah, that's all you get. We Origin sucks. I mean, let's just be honest. Origin is, is Electronic Arts' desktop client that is basically their game launcher. And it, it launched with Battlefield uh, 4, I think. Wasn't it? I think three used Battlelog in the browser, and then four. I think they, I think they made it mandatory to use for um, Battlefield Four. But anyway, it's their launcher. You can download, you can buy and download their games and play them. It's like it's like EA's Steam, right? But it is completely not like that at all. It's there's no social aspect to it. It's clunky. It's ugly. It's it's no one's ever liked it. And plus, everyone just hates EA in general. You know, you know the modern EA anyway. So. Yeah, but what they're doing is they're ditching Origin, all right? They're getting rid of that completely. But what they're doing is they're revamping it. And they're calling it EA Desktop (laughs) or EA Play branding. We're not really sure. It looks like they're going to be calling it maybe EA Play or EA Desktop, one of the two. They describe their new app as the, quote, next-generation PC gaming platform. Using the EA Desktop app, players can subscribe to EA's game subscription service, EA play and EA play pro publisher recently rebranded all of its EA access service. Players can then download these games into their PC and play them for as long and hold as long as they hold the subscription. So with the rebrand and relaunch, EA will eliminate the origin name from its suite of products. EA senior vice president, Michael blank said the new EA desktop will be a fast, will be faster than, than origin and let players engage with their games more conveniently. All right. Whatever that means. Origin, which, which launched in 2011, has a reputation of being slow, cumbersome. Yeah, yeah, we all know it's garbage. So anyway, that's news there. I don't know. I, I honestly feel that EA joining forces with Xbox, uh, you know, with their Game Pass service. I don't want to say it was like the nail in the coffin because they already were like, they were already like outlining their coffin to get in there with that. But I feel like them joining with Xbox just it makes a lot of sense because Game Pass is really one of the greatest subscription services for gaming. Period. It really is um, for value anyway. And so with them joining forces and them have you know acquiring all these all these developers and all these publishers and you know they're really they're really doing a lot. You know, and these companies are trying. You know, EA's trying, Bethesda was trying. They're now part of uh, the Xbox family. Uh, you know these 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 companies are trying. Uh, UPlay, uh, Ubisoft, they're trying with their UPlay. You know, they they want everyone wa- everyone wants a piece of that pie. They all want their own thing for gaming, and I get that because they see the huge success of Steam. But the problem is, is they're just they're not as good as Steam. They're just not as good. It's like. It's, it's really tough. Like these other companies going up against Netflix, like it, Netflix is the big gun. It's the smoking gun. It's really tough to go up against, against them. You know what I mean? You have to offer something better and it's tough when they have so many years on it. And, but I don't know that argument, then you can have that argument. It's like, well, Hey, look, you know, Xbox game pass is kind of new and they're crushing it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a, it's an interesting time. We knew this. We knew this was coming. We had talked about this, and we had seen kind of the writing on the wall from the the years of pu- of companies pushing towards a more service centric model. Want to bring more of a service to you, uh, you know, pay to play. That's kind of where we're at. And uh, yeah, I don't know. We there's there's that argument. I think will last for for the eternity of like, uh, hey. What's the value? What's the worth? What's the value of the service as opposed to paying sixty bucks or seventy bucks uh, for a full release game and owning a not even a physical anymore a digital copy of the game? You know, like, does that make a lot of sense? And you know, what's the value of that to you? It's an interesting, interesting argument. Again, like I think we'll we'll be having that till the end of time. Um, uh, but speaking of Xbox and their X Cloud, and speaking of any other developer or publisher who wants to put their service on iOS specifically we're talking about in this in this news article it's specific to Apple and their iPad and iPhone with their iOS and their App Store terms of service we're talking about Xbox and their Game Pass but this actually does apply to not just them but this applies to any other publisher developer who want to bring their games to iOS in a bulk fashion. What I mean by that is you have, let's just take Game Pass since we're talking about Game Pass. You have it on your PC, you have it on your Xbox, you log into your Microsoft account, you log into your Game Pass and you have access to all these games, right? You, You just can download them, you can play them, they're in your account, they're in your app, on your desktop, whatever. You have that. Boom, makes sense. Apple is changing their terms of service. They actually have changed their terms of service and this is what's happening. This is not good for them. It's not good for customers. Not good for gamers. And unfortunately, xCloud won't be available on iPhones or iPads initially due to them previously blocking the service. Remember, they went through and had this, they just basically blanket blocked everything while they were figuring out what they wanted to do here. Apple had something else in their mind. Um, Apple did grant Microsoft and Google Stadia game streaming services to exist on iOS or uh, iPad OS with a catch. Apple wants these companies to individually submit their games as separate apps using its own streaming tech, Apple streaming tech. Apple's statement says this, Games offered in a streaming game service subscription must be downloaded directly from the App Store, must be designed to avoid duplicate payment by a subscriber. It should not disadvantage non-subscriber customers. This means every single game needs to have an app store page where the gamers have to download them individually. And that doesn't work well for the all-in-one services like xCloud. Not at all, in fact. Completely opposite. Microsoft went on to make a statement. This happened this this, this month. Or October, I guess. October 2020. Microsoft said this. This remains a bad experience for customers. Gamers want to jump directly into a game from their curated catalog within one app, just like they do with movies or songs and not be forced to download over 100 apps to play individual games from the cloud. We're committed to putting gamers at the center of everything we do and providing a great experience is core to that mission. Yeah, that's a tough gig. Um, You know, Apple's iPad and iPhone remain major players in the smartphone community. However, they're not as big as they have always been and that is all in part with the iPhone not really changing a whole lot over the last 5 6 maybe years but also their price hike remember that iPhone uh, 10 10r 10x i think it was like what 1400 bucks or something i mean you have to understand that you know dropping a 1000 bucks or 1400 bucks on a smartphone like and especially on an iPhone that really hasn't changed a whole lot that's, that's a tough pill to swallow. I mean, let's be real. I mean, I have an iPhone. I've had Apple since they came out, since day one. All right, I've been with Apple. So, But I'm not, I'm not like this fanboy who just, you know, like thinks, oh, Apple's the greatest and best and that's what you need to have. I think a lot of other companies have done great smartphones. Uh, Samsung, probably the number... Actually, I won't even say probably the number two. They used to be the number two. You know, it's funny. I looked up an article. Huawei and Samsung... As of quarter one, 2020, because that's where the stats go back. I was looking up articles. They have about each, like, they're close to like 40% of the market share. Like, people are buying those phones, right? They're buying those phones. They do great phones. So it's, you know, when Apple came, when let's be honest. When Apple came out with the iPhone, they changed. They changed and revolutionized mobile phone, uh, PDA, um, You know, mobile communication, they changed everything. The app store, they changed everything. All right. And we give them credit, 100% of that credit. They can have that. But it doesn't mean that they are going to stay that way. You know what I mean? So we just have to be really, real vigilant. And they're, they're, they're the walled garden. We've talked about this a million times. They're like, they're like, um, um, Apple's very much like, uh, uh, Google. It's kind of the walled garden. So you have to be very careful with, um, you know, when you, when you mess with them, when you do that. And so it, it's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I love my iPhone. I enjoy uh, everything it offers and I, I love Android phones too. I love seeing all that. And I think that uh, they all fit a certain need. You know, they serve, they serve a certain purpose, but I don't, I don't think that's great for uh, Microsoft or, or Sony or anyone else who wants to bring their games over to iOS. Because even though they may not be the biggest player in the, uh, in the in the game right now, as far as their market share and their phones, they definitely are still a popular one. So they have to work that out. But having individual apps, no man, that sucks. That that definitely sucks. I don't, I don't think that's going to go over very well for them. What do you think? What do you think? Let me know. Um. Yeah. So that was some gaming stuff. How about this? I'm gonna do something I haven't done in a very long time, folks. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for this week in gaming history. Oh, yeah. Everyone's favorite segment. I haven't done it in a while. And you know what's funny about November, December of these years is that a lot of games get released in November, December. Why? Well, because it's the holidays. And so, uh, you know, these, these developers are trying to get their game pushed out for the holiday sales rush, trying to get that in Santa's sleigh. So this week in gaming history, we're going to talk about games that were released in the past any year. doesn't matter. Just on the date from November 2nd, all the way to November 9th. Are you ready for this? Exciting times. In 1999, Chrono Trigger on PS1 in Japan was released. So that would have been a uh, that would have been a re-release CD based. You know they did one here in the United States as well. I think it came with uh, Chrono Trigger. Came with uh, Final Fantasy Chronicles. I think it came with something else. It was like a twofer. Uh, in two thousand four, Killzone on PS two was released. Uh, same year, Sonic Mega Collection Plus on PS two. Remember that one? I think I have that on GameCube. It was actually one of the very first Sonic collection bundles that. I really liked. That was great. It had a lot of great games on there. Early Sonic games from uh, Genesis. Um, 2000 in... Oh, I don't have the year. I don't have the year. I forgot to put the year. I was just too excited. Way too excited. Um, Goldeneye, 007 on Wii. This probably would have been 20... What do you want to say? 2010? I think it was 2010, actually. So 2010, Goldeneye, 007 on Wii. Remember that? Super hyped. That game was super, Super hyped. Same year, Diablo... Oh, no, this was last year. Diablo 3 Eternal Edition on Switch, 2019. Yeah, we're talking about uh, just a year ago now. Here we are, 2019. On the old Switch. Moving on to the next day, November 3rd in 2002. Oh, we got some Game Boy Advance love, some GBA love here. Contra Advance on GBA in 2002. Year later, 2003, Fire Emblem on Game Boy Advance was released. And in 2009... Star Wars Battlefront on none other than the PSP, the PlayStation Portable. When is that going to become collectible? I I honestly feel that it may be a little while. I mean, PS2 kind of went through a phase. It may come back, but keep your eye on that. Moving on to the next day, November 4th. What do I have here? 2016 Mario Party Star Rush on 3DS. Wasn't that just a big swift kick in the pants, huh? What did we want? We wanted Mario Party Star Rush. We wanted a proper Mario Party game. What did we get? Well, it's not horrible, but it is a game that has just mini games. And I don't know. It didn't do very well. We played it. We played it. It's cool. But it's we wanted something on uh, on the console. Not the handheld. We wanted something on the console. We want a proper Mario Party. And it would take us many, many years actually until what last year, two years ago to get a a proper Mario party on switch. Still great game. Great game. How about November 5th? Moving on to the next day. Forgot to put the year on this too. This would have been what 80. No, this would have been like 92. I'm just guessing 93, maybe 93, 94, maybe a little earlier, but Mega Man six on NES in Japan. Mega Man Six. How about 1995? Twisted Metal on PS One. Oh my gosh, love it! Twisted Metal PS Five, so PS One. <laughs> yeah, where's Twisted Metal? That's a, we know. People ask, "Hey, what series you want revamped?" That one. Bring us back this Twisted Metal, brah. Where are you at? Bra-bra-bra. Um, 1997 Crash Bandicoot Two on PS One, and 1999 Rayman Two. On PC, a PC port of that. In 2001, SSX, tricky on PS2. Great snowboard game. And last year, in 2019, Red Dead Redemption 2 finally made its way over to PC. Was ported over to PC, 2019. Moving on to the next day, 2007. November 6, 2007, LEGO Star Wars, The Complete Saga on DS, PS3, Wii, and 360. How about 2012? Halo 4 on 360 was released. And finally, on November 6th in 2015, Cod Blops 3. Cod Blops. Cod Blops. It sounds like something you'd order at a, at a restaurant, like a buffet. I'll take the Cod Blops. No, maybe it doesn't. Okay, that's wrong. Sounds like something that, uh, I don't know, maybe the seafood you order at a seafood restaurant. Cod Blops. Sounds like fish shit. <laughs> Call of Duty Black Ops 3 on Xbox One and PS4. Moving on to the next day, November 7th. We've got three more days here, folks. This is great. We haven't done this in a while. It feels good, right? November 7th in 2000, 007 The World Is Not Enough on PS1. And 2000 Crash Bash on PS1. And 2000 Shenmue on the amazing, incredible Dreamcast. 2003 Mario Kart Double Dash on GameCube in Japan which, you know, that game can do 16-player LAN. Did you know? Did you know? I still haven't ever done it, but I want to. I think I have enough consoles to do it. You need four consoles, four copies of the game, a whole bunch of controllers, and then, yeah, you just basically land them up. But I need those network adapters. Anyone have GameCube network adapters? I would love to land that shit up. Um, 2005, Donkey Kong Country 3 on Game Boy Advance. 2005, Guitar Hero, the original Guitar Hero on PS2. Incredible. Incredible. 2005 mario party 7 on gamecube there it is that one had the microphone we have that in the big box it's in the other room that one had um a big box and came with the microphone included where you plug the microphone into the GameCube or the um the memory card slot you put it in there player probably in the second slot and then you can actually use that in game and you have to talk some of the mini games require you to like say fire or talk or do whatever it's Interesting. It's an interesting concept. Reminds me of that old Konami headset I used to have back in the day. You've seen the Angry Video Game Nerd. He has one. But, uh, you know, you put that on here and it had the microphone and the little aimer and use it for light gun games. You could talk to it. It had a volume on the side. Really, really cool stuff. But anyway, um, where was I? Oh, yeah. 2006, Gears of War. The original Gears of War on 360. And a 2006, Sega Genesis Collection on PS2. Genesis Collection on PS2. Very good. November 8th, let's move right on. The Amazing Incredible in 2000, the game that started it all and create, really created like one of the first, oh, I can't say that because there was others. There was Quake and there was Doom and there was Duke Nukem before it. And, but as far as like eSports, I would probably say Quake would take this, would be one of the first. But this one, this one really blew the, the, the rafters off. In 2000, Counter-Strike. The original Counter-Strike on PC. That would be Counter-Strike 1.6. I should download that and play that, stream that for a while. Man, I love Counter-Strike. And Day of Defeat, we played the shit out of Day of Defeat. Man, love Day of Defeat. Would you guys like to watch some of that? That'd be really cool to watch. Go back in time. How about 2007? Mario Party DS in Japan was released on November 8th. How about 2011? We have more COD. COD Modern Warfare 3. That one doesn't That one doesn't sound as good. I love COD Blops. I like, a, I like a side order of COD blops. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 on PC, PS3, Wii, and 360 in 2011. Very, very good. How about same day, same year, Metal Gear Solid HD collection on 360 and PS3? And finally, last year, 2019. It's been a year, folks. It's been one year since the release of Death Stranding on PS4. Wow, where has time gone? And fun. we got last day, folks, November 9th in 1996. Sonic 3D Blast on Genesis 2001. Star Wars, a rogue leader, Rogue Squadron 2 on GameCube. One of the greatest Star Wars games, hands down. I love this game. You really should go back and play this. You really should revisit it. It's done by Factor 5. It holds up so well. The graphics are incredible. The sound is amazing. The gameplay is great. Honestly, Rogue Squadron 2... Hands down, one of the greatest. And yeah, I'm putting that up against, yeah, I'm putting that up against, uh, yeah, all the X-Wing games and TIE Fighter. I'm putting it up against a lot of the Lego ones. Man, play that. It is a proper Star Wars game. Anyone who's played it knows. 2004, Halo 2 on original OG Xbox. 2004, Jack 3 on PS2. Same day, same year. In 2004, Need for Speed Underground 2 on PC was released. How about 2015? Fallout 4 on PC was released. And finally, two years ago, in 2018, Tetris Effect on PS4 was released. And I know, everyone, you keep telling me about how amazing that game is. And I still haven't picked it up. And I hear that it's even better with the PlayStation VR, which uh, which we do have a PlayStation VR. I should play it. I hear it's amazing. But uh, you really just can't take us away from the old classic Tetris Battle Royale, Tetris 99 on Switch. That game right there. Super fun. How about that? This week in gaming history, folks. Did you enjoy it? I sure did. Love uh revisiting those games too. Thank you for listening to that this week. In gaming history. It's an oldie but a goodie. That's right. How about some tech news? Let's talk a little bit about tech. It's been a little while. So okay, Microsoft is doing some crazy things. They're they're taking data servers. And they're dunking them in the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, it's real. It's real, son. Microsoft sinks a data center in the bottom of the ocean. Back in 2018, Microsoft sunk an entire data center to the bottom of the Scottish Sea, plunging 864 servers, 27.6 petabytes of storage. They put that 117 feet deep into the ocean. And Today, this was uh, earlier uh, last month. <laughs> Today, last month, the company has reported that its latest experiment was a success, revealing that its findings, they show, that the idea of an underwater data center is actually a pretty good one. So, why are they doing this? Well, let's think about this for a second. Let's talk about this. So, on land, data centers can run into issues like corrosion from oxygen, humidity, um, different um, controlling shifts in temperatures, but in the water underground in an airtight environment with tight temperature controls, they find that they have far fewer issues happening with their servers. This is very interesting. The benefits of sinking a data center under the ocean seems to have big benefits. Um, Failure rate is down uh, as opposed to land data centers. So a dramatic improvement there. The lower failure rate is important given that it's, much harder. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a good thing that the failure rate is a lot lower because it is sunk at the bottom of the ocean. They basically put it in a big container, airtight container, and down it goes. So Microsoft has been doing this actually for a while. For, for five years, they've been experimenting with this idea. They did a proof of concept. In 2015, they sank a smaller data center off the coast of uh, California, and it went well. So now they are doing bigger and better and trying to trying to sync these data centers down here. Um now if only Nintendo can figure out how they can limit the lag for my Switch online gaming services when I'm playing. I get lag in Clubhouse, I get lag on Super Nintendo online. I get lag here and there. Well, I, as soon as they can figure that out, that would be great because for some some weird odd strange reason, Microsoft are able to sync data centers to the bottom of the sea and still somehow communicate it through the water and through the massive, thick, airtight seal. I have a picture of it. You want to see a picture of this thing? I got a picture of this thing. Look at this. There's the container that they sunk it in. I mean, you know, why, 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 why can't I get lag-free gaming? All right? What's going on? You know, get some help. Get some help. That's what I really need here. I mean, that's cool. That's pretty cool. I, th- I feel like, um, well, you know, one thing is for sure, folks. We have a lot of room in the ocean, don't we? There's a lot of space out there. There's more ocean than there is land. Shit. So they can sink some data centers. All I want is fiber. Just, just bring us fiber, please. We need this. We need high-speed fiber internet. Speaking of fiber, it's a great segue. You like that? Great tech segue. Google Fibers to offer two gigabits per second download speeds coming soon. Yeah, they're going to offer two gigabits, gigabytes down, GBs, baby. Two, not one, two. Yeah, it's really going to be happening. Double the internet speed on their download starting later this year. Um, the company announced this week the new plan will cost one hundred dollars a month. That's thirty bucks more than what the current plan is. Now the current plan is. Uh, what is it 60 and it will do one gigabyte down and one gigabyte up so they're keeping the upload the same but they're increasing the download i mean that's insane that's that's great we all we we uh we need that we need that here at the hiney house studios um with a new plan google says it will provide customers with an unspecified new wi-fi six router and a mesh extender to make it uh, available for the new speeds. So they're doing pilots of this. Excuse me. They're doing pilots of this, and it's planned to kick off in Nashville in Tennessee, Huntsville, Alabama next month, which will be this month, November, uh, with a full rollout to two cities planned for later this uh, next year. And the company says it's going to offer Google Fiber um, which uses over-the-air transmission rather than fiber-optic cables. That's pretty cool. In 19 cities in the U.S., two gigabits pilots are due to start um, in other markets later in the year in 2021. Hey, man, listen. Get yourself on that uh, email list and let Google A email you when they're rolling that out. I think that's great. That That's fantastic. I mean, look, 100 bucks for fast high speed internet and they're doing it over air not having to do fiber optic i mean come on that's that's something something should be celebrated i like that a whole bunch very very cool uh here's an interesting tidbit about music uh everyone's been indoors a lot recently of course you know with the uh the pandemic going on and all that trying to stay safe and would you believe that in the crazy state that we're in that vinyl records have surpassed CD sales for the very first time since the 80s? Yes, it's real. Um, wow. The days of vinyl records being a nostalgic relic are a thing of the past. This year, vinyl sales have out outpaced... CD sales in the United States for the first time since the 80s. Vinyl records accounted for 232.1 million of music sales in the first half of the year, compared to CD sales, which brought in 129.9 million, according to a report uh, from the RIAA, which is the Recording Industry Association of America. Since 2005, sales for vinyl have kind of grown Consistently. And sales of CDs have consistently dropped. Um, In the first half of 2020, vinyl revenue was up 4%, while CD revenue was down 48%. That's huge. Uh, The boost in vinyl um, interest hasn't been enough to keep physical sales from dropping, of course. Overall, physical media has plunged 23% to $376 million in revenue in the first half of the year as the pandemic continues and the stall of music industry norms out. This is really interesting because, you know, what's tough is that even concerts, right? So concerts have completely stopped. So that was a big thing for bands to selling merch and physical media and all that sort of thing. So that definitely doesn't help that at all. And of course, as expected streaming services, which include uh, the revenue ad supported streamings and streaming Uh, free services like free Pandora or whatnot. That grew 12% to 4.8 billion during the first six months of 2020, RIAA found out. Think about that. Think about that. People are streaming their music and it makes sense. It's convenient. It's convenient. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And with that, with sort of a, a music segue into that, I wanted to mention, which is great about this, is that I have, during this time I've been off here and, and recovering, I've had time to sit down and really work on my Background Beats project. And I have officially released Background Beats Chillax. It is released. It is available. Please go to my website, Heinehouse.com. You can find all of that there. You can search your music streaming platforms. Just type in my name, Jason Heine. It will pop up. Please give me a follow. Check it out but I have the background beats released. What this is quickly in a nutshell for anyone who may be new to the show or, or listening and want to know what this is. A lot of DMCA strikes and, and takedowns and copyright issues with people streaming and people on YouTube. It's been going on for years. What I've done is I've gone through my back catalog and I literally have hundreds of songs that I'm compiling in different genres. This genre specifically is called chillax. It's my chill R and kind of down tempo, lo-fi type stuff. I've compiled them all together so far. This one has 37 tracks. I've uploaded them to my website, to the streaming platforms. They're available worldwide too, and I'm uploading them completely royalty free to you guys. You can download them from my website. You can stream them off Spotify or Apple. You can do whatever you want with them. Take them, use them, play them in your streams and your pre show and your post show, maybe in the background when you're streaming. Use them in your YouTube videos. You need background music. This is your background music. There will be no copyright strikes. You will have zero issues with any of that because I own the rights. Jason Heine, I own them. So I am saying, because I own them, I'm releasing them free to you guys. Go check them out. You absolutely can use those. And I think that's great because we're living in crazy times when, when this stuff is needed. This stuff is needed. And number one, it's, it's a win-win for all of us. One, you guys get to use this music and it helps you out greatly. I mean people have been writing in and telling me so they're like, "Yeah, well, we're streaming it on the, on on our live streams. It's great. People have been asking about it. We send the links. It's like it helps everyone out. It's it's share it, you know, let your friends know about it. But also, I get to release this stuff that I've been sitting on for years and years and years. And so it's great for me. Fantastic. So, absolutely love it. So, I wanted to just show you guys real quick if we go into um want to just pull up my uh my site here real quick and I'll show you guys and here look at this I'm gonna just do it real time I'll just pull it right up here you pop on my keyboard you just go to here we'll just do it right here on Spotify you're on Spotify just oh just type in my own my own name here Jason Heine you know who's that big who's that big sexy guy right there there he is boom pop it open takes you right to my page here I am give me a follow by the way give me a follow you know say hi say hi water's good here's my popular releases they're all here check out the background beats there it is Hot Shot racing that came out as well but you can also scroll on down here and check out my playlists I have my artist playlist you can go through and scroll through we'd love for you to check that all out but here it is background beats give it a whirl check it out we have all this great stuff swinging on love instrumental let me turn this down oh yeah let me unmute this so that you guys can hear a little bit of that oh a little bit of that tasty tasty right And you know what? Copyright free. No issues. This video is going to remain up. I own the rights. And I am not issuing any DMC takedowns on any of this stuff. You can use it. Stream it. Have fun with it. Use it. Look at all these songs. 37 songs. What you want to do? You want to play something? Play for it. Have fun. All right? So that's where it's at. Background beats. living, Living the dream. Doing this good stuff. I'm going to continue... I'm going to continue to bring music out. I have at least four other background beats albums. I've got hip hop. I've got cutting edge beats. I've got drums only. I've got uh, other things. I'm working on one with my homie, Chancho. We're going to be doing a drums and bass, drums and bass, like funky type stuff. I'm going to be talking with my homie, Mike Turner. We're going to be maybe doing some like hard rock, maybe some metal type stuff. We have a lot of great, 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 great ideas of this music to come. So please, do in fact take part. All right, that's that's my that's my uh, my blurb there. That's my blurb for background beats. Uh, we're gonna jump into some voicemails. Are you re- are you ready? We haven't we haven't been on the voicemails for a while. I bet you Cameron is in there, and I bet you he's like, "What is going on? What where where is where is my? <laughs> what happened to it? Did it die?" Did it panic. Let's try that again.
1: <laughs> You've got voicemail.
0: Absolutely. You can give me a call on the Heine House hotline and we can talk about whatever it is that you like. And I, I would love to hear from you. You know, it's been a fresh hot minute since we've talked, so I would love to see how you're doing. I would love to talk, love to see what's going on. Uh, and if there's anything in the show that I talked about that you wanted to add in, chime and give me your two cents, I would love to hear it. 503-908-5490 is the phone number. 503-908-5490. And if you're outside of the U.S. and it's long distance, you don't want to call and, and, and do that. I understand completely. You can record yourself any way possible on your phone, computer, whatever, Dixie Cup with string, however you feel like you want to do it. And just email it on over to me, live at gmail.com. That's it. That's it. How about that? All right, let's jump over to these phone lines. Let's see what's going on. Who's in here? I know it's Cameron. It's the, it's Cam, the man, the voicemail maniac play message. Let's see what it's transcribing a paragraph. I bet you he's at his three, three minute limit. I appreciate you, Cameron. Thank you for sending the email over. Thank you for sending the voicemail. It's always a great pleasure to chat with you. Let's see. Let's stop mirroring this thing. Here we go.
1: What's up, Jason? Uh, the Maniac here. Um, and, uh, of course, I, we, I just texted you to uh, to uh, do this voicemail. Instead of the last one I left, I was kind of heated and uh, was a little bitchy about uh, the topic. But, anyway, um, it's a topic that uh, we all know about. It's reselling. I had an incident where uh, at my local spot, uh, you can sometimes find pretty good deals in the morning, um, and I usually go there on Saturday mornings at my local sort of, uh, all in one game media place. Nice. Nice. There's a kind of like a bargain section though. they will kind of load up in the mornings and I'll typically find stuff from my collection. Um, that, you know, condition wise isn't a hundred percent, but you know, usually you can, you can find great deals. So anyway, um, there's this, this guy that's been showing up, uh, before I get there. And what he does is he loads, he brings a duffel bag with him and takes everything of value from that section, uh, uh, looks it up and then I'm assuming resells it. Yeah, well, I know. I know for a fact he resells it, and that's kind of. I mean, you know, look, you can do what you want, want with your your money and resell games. I don't necessarily have a problem with it, but the thing that I kind of get mad about is, um, you know, the, the the retro market's so ridiculous right now, and people are just buying games. I feel like just to resell and raise prices for the guys or the you know for people like uh, like us who actually want to collect these things and not. Have to you know take it a second mortgage for games, which is getting to that point. It's just ridiculous. Um, so that's a little frustrating. You know, it's just me bitching about it. But uh, I'm just curious your thoughts on reselling. What you feel about it? I've, of course, resold stuff. But I mean, it's not something I do. It's something I, I'll, I'll if I find a great deal and I don't need the game, I'll typically sell it to buy you know to fund for additional games. I'm not doing it for a living. Nothing I typically do either. If I if there's stuff that I don't need, I just leave it, you know, for other people to get. Um so just curious your thoughts on that whole topic. Never really bothered me until until recently. Um when, now that game prices are crazy. And second question, uh what are what is a game series that you've tried to get into or game and you can't get into? Mine is Resident Evil games. Um I played the the second one a long time ago in high school. Somehow I enjoyed it then, but now I just can't get into Resident Evil, or even like uh, any sort of survival horror stuff. I'm a wimp. I get too scared. I mentioned that before, but then just the controls and, I don't know, it's just, it's like I love the concept, but I just can't get into it. I just, you know, even Resident Evil 4, I just get so frustrated. So, it's a frustrating voicemail from the <laughs> maniac today, but, you know, it is what it is.
0: It's all good, man. Have
1: you doing well, sir, uh, and we'll see you on the next podcast.
0: Thank you, Cameron. No, I appreciate the voicemail. So, here's the, so here's Huge topic, huge topic. We could spend an hour talking about this. I'm not going to, but I will say. So what what you're fighting with internally is you're fighting with you're fighting with your internal morals, and you're you're saying to yourself, "Well, what is morally right and morally acceptable in my mind, as opposed to what isn't right?" Okay, so first of all, I understand completely, and you understand too. Is like, look, people got to hustle. People got to do what they got to do. There's, there's a difference between when you're morally thinking about this as like, I'm a gamer, I like games, I play games, I collect games, I enjoy these games. I like to grab these games, open them up, look at them, smell them, touch them, play with them, okay? You're looking at a reseller as that's no more than a product to resell to make money. They're not a gamer at all, in fact. Maybe some some cases they're not. So that upsets you, that frustrates you. And so that morally is not acceptable to you. And, and I understand that. I, I understand that completely. Look, Every time I go into Goodwill or anywhere, in fact, we see people in there in their phones and they're checking the book section, they're checking the game section. And, you know, and I'm always around people who I'll see a whole stack of like Wii games or whatever. And they're just like, oh my gosh, these are worth so much now, you know, or like PS2. Oh, that's so old school. They're worth money. We could, we could, you know, and I hear people and they're on their phone looking on eBay. They're doing this. And the reality is like that's it's, I don't want to say it's not a reality anymore to do this, but like you said and like you've seen is that the prices for gaming the retro gaming has gone up so much that it's almost impossible. It's not impossible to turn a profit, but it's damn near close. It's very difficult. Like, honestly, 20 years ago, I was goodwilling 20 years ago finding this stuff and finding just for, for dollars, for literal dollars for these games. They weren't even behind the glass cabinets. They were just on the shelf in bins. They were just in like the toy section. You know, this was before they even cared. I, I went through recently, I recently went through our garage and I made room for for Stephanie's car to get in there and I went through all kinds of stuff. I found a whole bin of N64 stuff. And I love, you, you know, I love N64. I collect N64. I found an entire bin of just controllers, All right. I then found in another entire bin, about half of a bin with just power adapters. Power adapters, there's probably 30 of them. I'm am not kidding, just just the power adapters. Why? And you look at all these, and they still have. I have the goodwill like stickers on the the cables and stuff, because I would go in twenty years ago. I'd go into Goodwills, and there were when GameCube came out, right? People were were offloading their N sixty four. There were controllers. There were power adapters. There. I don't know how many AV cables I have for N sixty four. The the standard yellow, red, white cables, just analog standard cables. They were just there. And they were like $1.99, 99 cents, $2.99. And I would always just buy them. I'm like, boom, 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 boom. Why? I mean, I, I couldn't pass them up. It's like Duke Nukem 3D, man. I can't pass that up. It's so hard. And and I, I love it because I can then, and what I've done is use them to piece together consoles. So I'll find a console or maybe I'll buy a used console that's incomplete. I then grab a controller. I grab a power adapter. I grab the AV cable. And then I made a console. I've made one. Then that can be used, you know, let my friends have it or we could use to hit the house or I can use it in a different room. You know, like there's a lot of options. So that's really great. And I love to do that sort of thing. Um, I'm totally getting way off, way off track here, but um, you know, just my whole point of this is that it's difficult today to, to find stuff. You have to, you either have to find a store that's slipping, which is not very common because they're in a, they're in the business to make money. And so they're looking up all their items and they're priced accordingly. Or you're gonna to have to find a thrift shop, or an area that um, that people they're not they're not shopping there. They don't know. They don't care. Or it's there's not a lot of people out there. I have a good friend, Comeback Kid, who he posts stuff on on Instagram all the time of all of his thrift findings and estate sale and all these other um, uh, finds that he that he finds out there. And he scores every single day. Every single day, he'll find all kinds of stuff. And it's insane because he lives in an area where people aren't going out. They're not shopping there and it's plentiful and he just cleans up and it's great. Um, So like, you know, if you can have, if you can find an area where people aren't going and you can try to do something there, you may be able to find some gems. Cause I love the thrill of the hunt. We all love the thrill of the hunt. It's fun. It's fun to go out thrifting. It's fun to go out game hunting. It's fun to go out. What's not fun is, and what you failed to mention Cameron is your last voicemail when you were, you know, extra heated about it, is you were saying that this, the reseller is rude and like almost pushes you out of the way and comes across and grabs games in front of you when you're looking right there. And yeah, I think that's rude, but that person doesn't give a shit about you or the games or anything. They're just trying to grab all the stuff of value and resell it. And that's very frustrating. He shouldn't be rude like that, though. I agree. I don't think that's great at all. So, um, yeah, man, huge topic. We could talk about resellers and stuff all day long and, you know, it's, it's, it's a thin line to talk. It's a thin line to cross. But, um, you know, I, I have I've have definitely a firm beliefs on it. I don't ever, um, I don't ever think people shouldn't get their hustle on and do what they need to do shit. I mean, I've, I've had to sell games before just to, to fund things. I mean, oh, I've talked about that before. I talked about last year, Stephanie and I, we sold our entire NES collection, um, to, to make some money to, to put into the business and like just the way it is. And I'm thankful that we had the games to do that. It was sad. And it's hard because these games we ha- we bought new. I mean, I remember getting them new from Toys R Us and Sears as a kid. But hey, look, you know, I have to try to remove that emotional attachment and, and do what's best for the situation. And that was it for the time. And, you know, it's tough. But hey, it is what it is, like you said. And uh, yeah, I agree completely. Now, answer your second question before you. wrap up the show is a series that I have just never been able to get into. I actually have, I have two. I have two, in fact. And the only game in the series that I really liked was the uh, uh, crash racing crash team racing, but crash bandicoot and Jack and Daxter, those two. And they're, I feel like they're kind of similar in a way, you know, like the third person sort of adventure type games. And I like these types of games, but for some reason, I've never been able to get into crash bandicoot. And I remember playing it on PS one when it first came out, shit. I, I mean, I, we, we bought it. I mean, I have it. It's, it's, it's great. It's, it's a great game, but I, I don't know what it is. I can't, I can't get into it and I just play a level or two and that's about it. Like I, I don't have any interest in it. And same thing with Jack and Daxter. I know those are great games too as well, but I just haven't been a series I've been able to, to get into. And I know they've continued on the series and done lots and lots of things, but yeah, I don't know. It's really weird. I don't know. Something's wrong with me, you know, call the doctor, you know, my nose need to fix my nose again, you know? So, but um, yeah. Um, Yeah. Anyway. Hey, thank you, Cameron for the voicemail. I appreciate that. Um, and I completely understand with your resident evil, although I do, I do like resident evil. I try not to play it too much because you know, shit, you know, I should return to it. People have been saying, Jason, get back and play resident evil and play the first one. I think Weldon actually on, on Twitch was, was like, Jason, you need to play the first resident evil and you need to piss yourself again. I'm like, you know what? You're probably right. It's probably due for some depends, some diaper time and me to get on there and play it and quit, quit being a big baby. Just don't be a big baby. Um, so, okay, folks. Hey, thank you so much for listening. It is great to be here. It is great to chat with you. I Hope you're all doing well. Thank you for your continued support through my surgery and through my recovery. It is so awesome to reconnect and it's been great. My voice is starting to go out. I haven't done this in so long. It's been awesome to chat with you. Hope you're doing well. And, um, yeah, get in discord and, uh, you know, say hi, let me know what's going on. Chat with me. And, um, of course, give it, give the podcast review on your podcast app. I would appreciate that. And, um, you know, just, just hang out and connect if you like. All right. It's been awesome being here. Thank you so much for your time and we'll see you on the next episode. All right. Much love to you. Good night.